steer anyone who started Marcus Mariota on my advice last week. I am sorry that he only scored four points. That's all. You could you could play the music now. He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a that's oh a my pick. goodness. Let's hear it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome back. Uh, not a great week for me pick-wise. Uh, I'm going to own that right off the bat. But uh, we had some hits. Decent number of misses. Uh, a lot more misses than I would like. And uh, we'll go over all of them, all the hits, all the misses. Misses first, as always. Uh, a lot of these picks, and at the same time, we'll do some takeaways from week four, uh, a lot of other conversation. A lot of these picks, it's going to sound like I'm making excuses for them. Uh, I'm going to be honest. It is it is going to. Uh, and that is because these are excuses. But uh, genuinely, I do feel the reasoning behind a lot of these picks was really solid. Uh, some of them flopped due to injury. Others just didn't get enough opportunities. Looking at one in particular right here. Uh, and some just straight up didn't play as well as I thought they would or should have. Uh, and uh, let's get into them. Let's break down these misses, starting with guys that I said you should have started. Uh, first up, I wouldn't normally consider 12.9 points to be a bust, but I had such high expectations for Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, the backfield in New England is still just as split as it's ever been, unfortunately, though. And shame on me for thinking that Bill Belichick would ever change his ways. But Ramondre remains extremely efficient as a runner, and he is totally worthy of the lead back role. Uh, not to take anything away from the game Damian Harris has had, but uh, Ramondre has just been far more consistent, and he offers way more receiving upside. It honestly shocks me that he remains relegated to an RB2 role in that offense, but he still brings a lot of upside to your fantasy team as a receiver. Uh, he's still best off as a flex for now, though, it seems. This next guy just didn't play, uh, and it sucks because I was so excited about the opportunity he would have had. DJ Chark would have faced off against a Seahawks defense in a game where the Lions committed to the pass so early. Uh, Jared Goff looked the part of a player who was drafted first overall. He slung four touchdowns to a super depleted Lions roster. He had that one game a year where he looked really, really, really looks good. Uh, and with Goff down his favorite target, Amon Ross St. Brown, Chark would have been receiver number one for the Lions. But uh, instead, that role was filled by Josh Reynolds, who turned in a 21-point fantasy performance. Reynolds and Goff have some history from his uh, time with the Rams, or their time with the Rams. I guess they were both there. Uh, Chark's ceiling would have been even higher than Reynolds' though, in my opinion. But uh, as the tattoo on my arm says, c'est la vie. Much like a tattoo, though, anything you say online is permanent, and you can't really ever take it back, uh, even if you apologize for it. A lesson I learned once again this week after publicly endorsing Marcus Mariota. He stung so bad against the Browns uh, that it was just shocking to me. I thought he would be able to keep up the brief streak, excuse me, streak of stellar play he had going, but the Browns held him to a 36% completion percentage, zero touchdowns. They picked him off. And they kept him completely bottled up as a runner. I think he had like five carries for like three yards. The Falcons won this game on the ground entirely with a barrage of different running backs after Cordero Patterson left with an injury. Mariota needs to bounce back really quickly or Falcons fans are going to start getting antsy to see what they might have in Desmond Ritter. And I would not blame them at all. 
Next up, let's move into the players I said you should sit that actually had really good games. Uh, starting with a running back who kind of had a good game. Uh, J.K. Dobbins started very strong for the Ravens in the Bills game and scored two first-quarter touchdowns. He caught a few passes through the rest of the game, but for the most part, he was contained by the Bills' rushing defense, as I predicted. He averaged just over three yards per carry on 13 carries as the Ravens lost control of their lead due to a furious Bills comeback. Dobbins just wasn't a huge part of the overall game plan for the Ravens after the first quarter, but he did play well enough to notch 22 fantasy points. I'm going to put out a big mirage warning on that one, though. Uh, I'm not sure that you should trust Dobbins to produce that way, just judging from the rest of the game. Uh, maybe that's just one game. Game flow there may have been a little bit different than the Ravens wanted it to be. Obviously, they were hoping to control that lead, uh, but it felt like they could really only get the running game going through Lamar Jackson, so that's a little bit concerning. Uh, next up. This next pick is a player I think I have to admit I was wrong about this offseason. And uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he looks very, very good in that Chiefs offense. He carried 18 times for well over 90 yards, scored twice, uh, once as a receiver and once as a rusher. Uh, I was pretty surprised he pulled that off against a really, really good Tampa run defense. But that Chiefs offensive line, they just played spectacularly in the run game. Uh, they were opening up huge lanes for him and rookie Isaiah Pacquiao. Uh, Edwards, Alaire, and Pacquiao give the Chiefs a super dynamic running game that makes them a much more balanced team than last year's squad. Uh, I think the investment they've made in the offensive line is a huge reason why they're more successful this season. Uh, even without Tyree Kill, they, with Tyree Kill last year, they just didn't start off very well. But this year, they look better. They look more balanced. Uh, they look like they're playing more together. Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney being a big reason why. Uh, offensive lines take a little time to gel. I know Brown was there last year. But I think a whole offseason of that group together was super beneficial for the Chiefs. And I think they're playing really well because of it. Last of the misses here. Yikes. There were a lot of misses. It's probably more than half of this podcast spent talking about things I got wrong. I uh, hate that. But Jahan Dotson, he managed to do his thing and score another touchdown against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, only touchdown the Commanders scored on the night. So I was right that their offense would not play very well. Uh, he caught two other passes, and unfortunately, he left the game in the fourth quarter with a hamstring injury that will likely sideline him for about two weeks, maybe one week if he uh, ends up on the brighter side of things. That's unfortunately a huge blow to the Washington passing offense, as he has been by far Wentz's favorite red zone target. Terry McLaurin and Kurt Curtis Samuel should have some more opportunities in the red zone over the next two weeks, however, so some good news hate to celebrate an injury but some good news for terry mclaurin and curtis samuel fantasy managers uh both struggled in this game they posted a combined 11.3 fantasy points i'm done talking about my misses let's finally talk about my hits uh the first hit of the day is a quarterback who finally had a good game with his new team uh russell wilson scored all three of the broncos touchdowns either as a passer or a runner and threw for over 230 yards good game uh, unfortunately for him and Broncos fans, sorry Mark and James, they still lost. But uh, as Stephen A. Smith would say, as fantasy managers, we don't care. Terrible Stephen A. Smith impression, sorry. Uh, Wilson was good for 27 points this week and helped Judy and Sutton combine for 31 points. Uh, Wilson is finally cooking with gas in that Broncos offense, and he should be back to his usual fantasy ways with another must-start matchup against the Colts next week. Uh, I continue to make my fellow Offsides coworkers happy with this next pick. Uh, a few of them are Steelers fans for y'all's info. Shout out Casey and Alec. 
Uh, unfortunately for them, though, the Steelers lost to the Jets. But Pat Fryermuth delivered a solid game, as I predicted he would. He scored a stellar 15.5 fantasy points against the New York Jets, who continued to struggle to contain tight ends. Uh, Muth led the entire team in targets and receptions and finished second in yardage behind only NFL young boy George Pickens. He seems to have really solid chemistry with baby hands Pickett as well, who completed every pass he attempted. Unfortunately, three of them were completed to Jets defenders, but that's still pretty impressive regardless. Seriously, though, uh, it does seem that Kenny Pickett will be taking over in Pittsburgh against the Bills next week, and while I think the offense did look better with him in, I worry the Bills' defense may be a bit too much, and if he bombs terribly in his debut, you kind of have to worry about his confidence going forward. Uh, on the other end, though, you did draft him in the first round to win big games like this, so I can understand the argument for starting him for sure. Uh, I did better this week on predicting players to play bad than I did predicting players to play well, uh, and I feel like that reflects poorly on me as a person. I promise you I'm not a hater. I just want you guys to win fantasy games. Anyway, one of those players was Allen Robinson, and as a Rams fan who just watched us lose a painful one to the 49ers on Monday Night Football, I am very disappointed in Allen Robinson. But I can't say I'm surprised either. He simply hasn't been a factor for this offense yet, which is almost overly reliant on Cooper Cup, although I love my boy Cooper Cup. Uh, he's just the only player out there creating big plays. The Rams will need to start scheming up designs for other players at some point. Targeting Cooper Cup nearly 20 times just isn't sustainable. Uh, but the 49ers have been a thorn in the Rams' side ever since Shanahan took over. McVay is now 4-8 against Shanahan's 49ers, including a painful seven consecutive regular season losses. Ugh. Next up, we have the first of two quarterbacks who will end our show today. Uh, the one, this one is a player who struggled against a defense that continues to assert itself as one of the best against the pass. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was held to just 6.6 .6 fantasy points against the Eagles in a game that was closer than I expected, much, much closer. Uh, the Jaguars lost 29-21, to but mostly because they shot themselves in the feet repeatedly. Lawrence lost four fumbles. Yeah, that's right. They shot themselves in both feet, not just the one foot. They, they managed to shoot both of them. Uh, Lawrence lost four fumbles and threw an interception. For the mathematically challenged among you, that's five turnovers on the night. Five, five whole turnovers. Or uh, negative nine fantasy points for our purposes. The Jaguars have definitely improved dramatically, though. Uh, there is a 0% chance that last year's team would have ever been anywhere close to winning this game with the, turning the ball over five times. Uh, it's honestly shocking that they were within eight points. That any team could be within eight points, having turned the ball over five times in a single game. Uh, but it does reflect well on the Jaguars. Obviously not turning the ball over five times, but staying in the game despite it. Uh, I think they're a better team than that. Uh, they're not going to turn the ball over five times every game. Uh, but it they're not as good as the Eagles. They lost to a better team. Last up, we have another quarterback who wasn't exactly a bust per se, but the fact that he finished with just 13.9 points despite how well his top receiver played is a bit concerning. Captain Kirk Cousins led the Vikings to a win in London, mate, but not everything was as jolly good as it may seem. Okay, I'm done. Uh, but seriously, Cousins wasn't as effective as many would have hoped. He threw for just one touchdown and less than 250 yards and also got intercepted. Uh, Justin Jefferson still managed to go off for 31 fantasy points, largely thanks to a rushing touchdown that he scored. Uh, that's good news for Jefferson managers, although I certainly wouldn't count on Jefferson running for touchdowns on a week-to-week -week basis or getting used like Debo Samuel. Uh, he's just simply not that type of receiver. But this was a good play design that worked out well for the Vikings. 
Uh, solid win over the Saints here for them, but Cousins has been a bit concerning. That offense has been a bit concerning overall. Uh, they haven't cleared that threshold of being like a overwhelming passing offense yet. Uh, they had a really great game against the Packers. Uh, pretty solid game for Justin Jefferson here, but I'm still waiting for them to just go off under Kevin O'Connell and really show us like that air raid and the full potential of it. Uh, like 400 yard game for Kirk Cousins, like four passing touchdowns, huge numbers. Uh, we're just not seeing it yet, and it it is surprising. It's a little bit uh, disappointing, I know for Vikings fans. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Join me tonight on Twitch for a super fun Fortnite stream with our graphic designer Alec McKissick. Uh, we will be answering questions from the chat and having a good time running duos, so come hang out at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Alec will also be joining us on Thursday for our Week 5 Stardom Sit-Up podcast. So until then, I am out of here. Uh, the link to the Twitch will be in the description. Take care, y'all. I will see you Thursday or on the Twitch stream if you come hang out. Please do. He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's that's oh my goodness. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it.